Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim Stake, episode 48. Ooh, we're getting close. 250 is what you're implying. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I have to be real with you. It's been a long week. I'm on the cusp of a weekend that's even busier than this week has been. So I may be all out of sorts. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that because you worked a lot this week. And uh-huh. then today you worked a lot. And one of your comments, though, was that you came home you're like, oh, I came home. It was already 530. And you got a hug from Oliver and you said, man, maybe I should work every day like this <laughs> here on the podcast. I want to hear how sincere of a hope that was. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I worked. I mean, probably six or seven hours today, and I was exhausted. <laughs> I, which I mean, I used to work like eight hour days, five right. days a week. And I just don't, I honestly don't know if I, I'm sure I have it in me, but I don't have a desire to do that and be Oliver's mom in this stage. That's very fair. It just, yeah, it just sounds like a lot. But, I mean, it's been, it's nice. Like, I enjoyed going into an office today and having coworkers who most of the time I don't see because we work remotely and, Mm -hmm. like, there is some, like, camaraderie and you're just doing the thing and you're not really kind of, like, yeah, you're able to focus on a project and there is something I miss about that that I'm sure you understand. And getting to come home and have Oliver, like, yeah, give me a big hug, which he never really does, like, when we're just at home because he's like, oh, you're here all the time. Yeah, right. (laughs) So something sweet about it, but uh, no, I don't want to currently change our <laughs> status. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. It was interesting because you were we were talking about our plans for tomorrow, and you're going to be gone potentially all day, hardly see Oliver, and it hadn't even crossed my mind that we would go see you so that you could see Oliver. <laughs> but then eventually you say, well, I might not see him. And I'm like, oh. And then even then I thought, it's one day. And it was just interesting to me that the, just the difference between us and wh- whether it's mom versus dad, whether it's you versus me. I mean, it's probably a whole kind of intersection of various things. But I did think, yeah, we we are two different parents. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know I would go to work and I just do my thing. And honestly, like he would not really cross my mind a ton because like I'd just be busy. But then I'd get to an end of a day and be like, oh, I never saw him awake and he never saw me awake. That's kind of sad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a different weekend for us, for sure. But we'll make it through. We'll make it through. Before we jump in, I do want to make sure we follow up. Last episode, we talked about our kind of mission was to oh, yes. wonder at things. Yep. How do you feel like that's gone? Well, we did it like a few days. We did it a few days. And what did you think of the experience? Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I I will <laughs> say, I just even having the question kind of percolating, I was just moving some stuff around in the kitchen and kind of banging things. and was like, oh, gosh, I'm being kind of loud. Mm-hmm. Oliver is a great sleeper, so he didn't really notice. But yeah. just wondering even at, like, the beauty of, sound and being able to hear 
I'll give a little shout out to this TV show later, but Matt and I have been watching a show called Only Murders in the Building. Hmm. And there's a whole episode they do from the perspective of someone who's deaf. And so the whole episode, oh, yeah. there's no dialogue. You re- He's reading lips. And so there's like, you can read. There's subtitles. There's subtitles. Yeah. Thank you. And you can hear like some muffled like noises and stuff, but no like audio dialogue. So anyway, it just made me think like that came to my mind. Oh, like the, what a wonderful thing sound being able to hear is. Oh, that's very cool. I feel like, well, we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but we were going to do it in the morning. Yeah, it that, didn't, that, it doesn't, that work. doesn't work. We're also trying to do too much in the There's morning. There's too much happening in the morning. So maybe it's more of a dinner. Yeah. A dinner thing. More of a, you know, what what have we learned or what was what wonderful. Like the fact that I saw a turtle outside my office at church the other day. Yeah, that is something. Yeah, that was. About. I was pretty excited about that. You and were. then I learned from Amy, our office manager's sister-in-law, that turtles in their native creeks can travel like half a mile away to lay eggs before returning to the creek. So that's probably what he was doing. Which, I mean, it's kind of a cruel parenting move to be like, okay. Fend for you're yourselves, start, Which babies. is true for sea turtles too, right? Like they yeah. have to make that trek to, to the ocean from from the beach so maybe this is just a thing about kind of turtle psychopath parents but (laughs) something to wonder about it's definitely that is something i'm wondering about (laughs) well should we dive into our article yep it's your turn to bring something to us yep so this is i've noticed that a couple of our things have come from email newsletters and this is another one this is from lydia musher musher how shall we say it take it as you want Woosher. Moosher? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Lydia, we're very sorry. We know you're a listener. Lydia Musher's newsletter, it's titled The Tooth Fairy, Santa, Parents, and God, which is a loftier title than really the article warrants, but it is reporting back on sort of an informal survey that she did, but she had about 1,300 respondents, so not an insignificant number of people in which she was asking kind of what people grew up with, with respect specifically to the Tooth Fairy, what people do with their own kids with respect to the Tooth Fairy. And then she did sort of this, what she called a magic minus honesty score, where basically she put things like children should have fun magic in their childhoods. There was, is no harm in having a little fantasy. She gave a series of true, false, and then sort of people got a score on a scale. The results of the survey were not shocking. I didn't think that like over 90% grew up with a kind of non-fictional tooth fairy. About 70% are continuing that with their own children with about kind of 18% doing a hybrid. No, it's not real, but we still pretend kind of thing. Then 10% doing something else. I didn't find the results as interesting as the question for us to talk about a little bit, which isn't something we've talked about a ton. One thing that stood out to me was, here's what she said. It turns out that trust is the most critical element of successful teamwork in virtually every study about teamwork and every piece of writing about teamwork. So anything we communicate that builds trust or damages trust affects our ability to work as a team. One respondent even connected the dots between trust and the tooth fairy for us, quote, We believe that these types of myths lead kids to believe less in facts. We want to be science-based in our household. That means being honest and fact-based. It's hard because they wanted to believe in the myth, and once my son put his tooth under his pillow to test it. In the long run, though, we are instilling trust, and that is more important. 
end quote. Later, she also talks about, she kind of commends a hybrid approach to religious parents at the very tail end of the article. We can maybe return to those, but I want to hear kind of your thoughts because, yeah, I think it's at least interesting to talk about. What do you think as you read it? Yeah, it's super interesting to talk about. It is one of those parenting things that gives me like hives a little bit (laughs) because I like know these things are coming down the pipeline, you know, that you kind of have to figure out because you don't live in a family cave. Like whether or not you choose to, you know, have these traditions of these kind of characters in your own household, like your kid is going to be exposed to them. So you do have to figure out like you can't just pretend it's not going to come up because it will come up. So you kind of have to decide. So it's like, okay, at what age, you know, how soon do we have to have these conversations? But it probably is better to have sooner rather than later because before we know it, Oliver will like be aware and we should probably have an answer. (laughs) He is pretty aware already, actually. Yeah. So uh, one of the quotes that I pulled out was in juxtaposition to your quote that you pulled out a little bit and someone said and kind of talking they were pro tooth fairy is a like real person kind Mm -hmm. of narrative and they said it's a trade-off magic versus betrayal the world is a rough place though so i choose magic (laughs) and i think i i definitely lean toward wanting to preserve that magic of childhood for as long as I can for my kids. I think my own experience, I was trying to think at some point I obviously knew that we should put a disclaimer that if you have little ones listening, maybe make sure <laughs> that we might be talking about certain things that this episode not approved you for may children may under 10. At some point I realized that Santa was most, most likely my parents. And I thought you were going to say it was most likely not real. Like you're still just holding out. Well, just I was just saying most likely bit. my parents. But I don't really remember that being like a traumatic event. I don't even remember like my parents sitting down and like telling me that. So I think a lot of parents will sometimes say they don't want to name these things to be real because they want their kids to trust them and like them finding out this later in life would be like detrimental to your personal relationship. Right. I don't think I believe that. Like, I think at some point a kid's old enough, like if a kid's old enough to like reason out that like, oh, like how does Santa fit down the chimney? That doesn't really make sense. How does he visit a million billion households in one night? You know, if he's smart enough to figure that out, then he's probably going to understand why you kind of crafted this narrative for him and he'll be okay. Yeah. So I am kind of like, ah. I don't know. I'll be curious to hear what you say. And I have a couple ideas about how we would actually do this. But I do think the idea or the concern of how this impacts your faith and how you talk about stories and what's real and not real. I do think that's like a legitimate thing to think about. I remember even growing up, not so with like Santa or tooth fairy or whatever, but I read a lot of fantasy books. I was really yep. into that. And I remember definitely times thinking like, wait, if this isn't real, like these sound an awful like lot like Bible stories sometimes. And I'm like, I, I still think there's like a weird, like how do you figure out like what the difference is yeah, and you know, what's made up, what's exaggerated, what's not. 
So I think there there is something to talk about there. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I think I'm going to be pretty critical, I think, of this presentation because I'm, I'm really tracking with you. I agree. I think there's a lot to be said for, I mean, we were just talking about wonder and like when we use the word, often when we use kind of talk about magic, like what we're really talking about is the sense of wonder it evokes. And there's something what like wonderful about the idea of Santa or the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny or any of these people. Like that's, it's not really that we want kids to believe in magic. It's that we want to infuse their world with possibility and mm-hmm. wonder. So I'm, I'm all for that. Even when she quotes this person talking about we have a science-based household, I'm like the assumption that trust is solely dependent on and primarily dependent on fact and accuracy of fact is just hugely problematic because the reality is you and I both know we don't know everything about the world. And in fact, many of the things we think we know about the world could be wrong. So if Oliver's trust in us is purely dependent on us being able to give him accurate information, like that relationship is bound to fall apart somewhere. It might not be on Santa, it will, but it will be on something else. Yeah. And I thought it, it feels to me, this article was helpful as a foil for me to think through these things because I thought what feels so much more important is establishing uh, trust based in belonging. And that's not to set aside like reality and not to set aside deep things but that the primary place is belonging because my experience is very similar to yours at some point i realized like the santa handwriting was in fact my dad's handwriting which is very distinct both my parents have very distinctive handwriting they would have had to outsource this (laughs) and like (laughs) to convince us and so but like there was no sense for me of like oh my goodness like you lied to me, hurt betrayed me. or hurt. Because I think for most of us, like if we have a sense of belonging and security, that is not Gonna a thing it. that rocks our world. I want to ask like practically, so how does this play out for you? Like Chris, come Christmas time yeah. when Oliver's four, like what do you tell him? And then if he asks like, are you Santa? Is Santa real? Like what do you say? Yeah, good question. I mean, when he can't speak yet, so it's hard to fathom him asking just yet. (laughs) I mean, I do think like you do not want to be in a place where you if once your child starts doubting. Now you are actively lying to them. You're you're trying to preserve Mm -hmm. the, the, the myth. I think if your child is just asking questions and curious, I'm sort of like, why wouldn't you kind of continue to like keep that alive so i think there's a distinction and you kind of have to discern or at least i'd want to discern like is oliver doubting Mm -hmm. this now in which case it's just worth naming like hey like yeah you're right like you got us versus like is he just like how many reindeer are there it's like (laughs) oh gosh you're asking questions well to be honest there are no reindeer yeah (laughs) you know you know like i mean those are kind of extreme examples but definitely that feels to me important i really liked what my parents did my what my parents did was everything in our stocking came from santa and all the real gifts came from them or people that we knew i just always thought that was a kind of nice blend of both worlds i don't know what do you think like practically speaking yeah, I th- I kind of made some notes about how I think 
just like a blend of like the parents being involved, whether like part of your narrative, like we're Santa's designated elves for this household and we communicate with him and then he tells us like, you know, these things. Mm. Or whatever. Like I do think I was the same. Like my parents, I think we had some gifts that were from Santa and like a Christmas Eve family gift from Santa, but like they weren't all from Santa. So yeah, yeah. I do think some kind of like partnership with Santa or and yeah, I like what you said. Like, I don't, if my kid asked me like, hey, there's chatter at school about Santa being real. Like, can you tell me it honestly? I'm like, I'm, I don't want to lie to him at that point. I think yeah. you're right. Like, there's a point in which preserving the myth is detrimental. But I think curiosity is a good thing. I like I, that distinction. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to encourage the myth, but not preserve it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Um, and I think there's like, there's decisions to be made about all these. I was just reflecting on the tooth fairy and like, honestly, a really creepy concept. Like this woman or man with like wings comes into your room alone at night while you're sleeping and took, takes your teeth. Like, like, I don't actually know if I would want, like, I think in that case, I would be like, Oliver, I'm going to come into your room at night and give you money for the tooth that you lost. <laughs> like, It's I, a fairy though. Fairies are good. Most fairies. I know, but it's just like I'm like a stranger in your room in the middle of the night. There's just but that's such a that's such like that, a magic less way of viewing the tooth fairy. I know, but it just is a little creepier than like. But it's only creepy if you don't like believe in the benevolent fairy who's coming to give you a gift for your tooth. I mean, I guess that's where I like the idea of like partnership. Like, hey, like the tooth fairy and I are working together to do something, or. Just because, like, I just, like, I don't know. I, I think I am a little more paranoid about mm. that narrative of, like, may, and maybe that's being, like, a grown woman now. But, like, I would, if I had a daughter especially, like, I would not tell her, like, hey, this, like, tooth fairy woman or man is going to come into your room at night and don't freak out. Like, that just, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. Huh. That's very interesting. Unless I said, like, hey, like, I have a friend who's like helping me out and when you or I'm helping this friend, fairy <laughs> friend out. Like there's a way to like involve the parents more that I think maybe instills a bit of like safety to it. Like you're talking like literal safety. So like our like your child does not tolerate strangers in their room. I mean a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's a bit of a creepy concept. I can freak a kid out. <laughs> Oh, it's really fascinating. I would never have thought of that. But I believe in the magic of the world. So, no, that's, that is very interesting. It is true that the survey was all about the Tooth Fairy and we've mostly been talking about Santa. So I appreciate yeah. you bringing us back to the Tooth Fairy. Good things to think about. And like I said, it's going to come up before we know it. Yeah, interesting conversation. Thanks. Well, you just let me know what we're going to do about the Tooth Fairy. We'll, well unpack yeah, that we someday. We can still discuss that, I guess. That will be like a key play when Oliver loses his first tooth and we'll have to discuss it. Shall we close with I'm Not Just a Parent? Yeah. Shall I go first? Sure. Okay. I love podcasts. It's partly why I'm involved with three podcasts, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of my favorites right now that I'm just excited to listen to every time is I am listening to the West Wing Weekly podcast with Rishi Kesh Hirway and Joshua Molina. Joshua Molina was actually in the show at some point. Rishikesh Hirway is also the producer of Song Exploder and has done some other things, but I've, I love the West Wing television series. I 
I've watched it multiple times. I could go on and on about it. But this podcast goes episode by episode. And then they have like actors and actresses that were in the show as guests to talk about specific episodes. They have Aaron Sorkin, like the main writer for the show or the beginning of the show. They have directors, producers. It. I just love the behind the scenes. And also it's not just behind the scenes. It's their particular way of like, analyzing and noting the details it's like it's like reading a bible commentary for (laughs) the show and it's just absolutely wonderful and if you like the west wing you should listen to this podcast if you've never seen the west wing watch the west wing and then listen to this podcast (laughs) as a companion that would be amazing it's so good i just love it you do you get like giddy about it oh man well i yeah i just listened to some of their stuff on the end of season two and i was just like somehow just a conversation about the episode managed to transport me to like the wonder and marvel of the episodes it was so good anyway what's your i'm not just a parent okay i have two but they're related okay kind of halloween themed since this weekend is halloween oh yeah oh which we didn't even talk we dressed up all of our last weekend for our church's fall festival as daniel tiger and it was the cutest, most adorable, heartwarming thing you've ever seen. <laughs> he wore his little ears, which was a miracle, and a tail, and these little Daniel Tiger pajamas. Oh, my gosh. So I link to a photo in the show notes? Oh, yes. It was okay. We'll link to a photo so in the cute. show notes. Anyway, Halloween-themed. One, as I mentioned earlier, is called a TV show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And it's about these three... People who kind of get thrown together, they all live in the same building. There ends up being a murder. They're also big, like, true crime podcast fans. And so they decide to make a podcast about this murder. And it it's, like, uh, multi-generational. It's witty, <laughs> shocking. It's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez are the three are lead characters. Which so unlikely. And somehow it works beautifully. And the ending really got me. Really, really got it's me. Really- and I just think it was delightful. So that's a recommendation. And then also, if you like reading, great mystery series is the Inspector Gamache series by Louise Penny. We never talked about these. I don't think we've ever talked about them. And they're oh, like, wow. now both of our families, like I think ev- almost everyone <laughs> in our media families is reading them. They're just, oh, just wonderful books. Murder mysteries, but... They're called like cozy murder mysteries. Very like, again, relational. Lots of focus on people and yeah. the dynamics. And just great writer. I, most of the endings I'm usually surprised by too. Just great. Yeah. And I can't handle like gruesome and just no, violence. Anything like that. I cannot handle or watch. Both of these are murder mysteries, but like I can tolerate. Oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's it. That's it. Here we go, soccer. Woo woo! <laughs> yeah. Soccer is live. <laughs> That's a Ted Lasso reference. <laughs> yes, you have a wonderful soccer is life weekend. I'll hang out with Oliver and go see a movie tomorrow. Yeah, you're. We have very nice friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should sign off. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's take. <laughs> <laughs>